This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. And I am recording here. In Poland, I will be in Poland until August 19th. I will be returning back to the United States, and it has been a great trip. I'm here visiting my wife's family. Her parents live in Poland. She's from Poland. She moved to the United States when she was about 19 years old, about uh, 18, 19 years ago. And so she usually goes back every year, and because of COVID land, she was not able to visit uh, the last couple of years, we were going to go over Christmas, and that was all screwed up because of Omicron, you know, Omicron, Omicron, whatever it is. And so I won't travel anywhere if I don't know what the rules and regulations are. And back then, during Christmas, the United States had this rule that you had to be tested to come back into the United States, and I was not going to do that. And then going into Poland, at that time, I believe you had to be vaccinated, and you had had to be tested otherwise you had to quarantine and we had friends of ours uh that were from russia that went to visit russia and they got trapped in russia and i'm not going to play that game number one i'm not going to get vaxxed and i'm not going to get tested but i sure as hell i'm not going to get stuck in some hotel for a week quarantining with four or five thousand dollars out of my pocket that is not going to happen so here in poland i shot a lot of video uh thursday friday saturday and sunday over the weekend we went with my wife's parents to actually pay respects to their parents who have passed away uh and then their parents parents and then some uncles and the cemeteries are unbelievable See, I grew up uh, in, I was born in 1981 in New Haven, Connecticut, and 
part of my family was Italian, so they were Catholic. So we would go to the cemetery for funeral and then you would go visit all the time and leave flowers at the grave and somehow that sort of slipped away in the united states well that tradition is still here in poland the other thing is the cemeteries are just absolutely gorgeous they pay respects to the dead and they bring flowers and they light candles and leave them on the graves and i shot some uh, really nice video i'm in the process of editing this stuff together hopefully i'll be able to get it out in the next day or two at pain.tv and you could join up at pain.tv slash gold if you're an audio only listener feel free to continue listening on apple podcasts and all the other podcast platforms wherever the show gets pushed out i am not in charge of that so i really don't know where it goes but if you're listening on apple Podcasts, we appreciate uh five-star reviews and uh, comments. If you can leave comments, it really helps, and it means a lot to know that you guys are listening to the show. It encourages me to continue to keep making these shows for you. Now, let me just say before I talk a little bit more about Poland, I owe you guys a part four of the Elon Musk series. As you notice, if you're on the pain.tv platform, my production is getting a little better, a little closer to home, but it's not there. I don't have my multi-thousand dollar PC tower with my multi-thousand dollar production software with me. Uh, if I am going to be traveling more, which may be coming up in the future, I will invest in a PC laptop and multiple travel screens so I can produce that level of content on the road. It just so happened that I started this show right around the time that I was leaving for the trip. So I'm using my MacBook and I'm using a software called Streamlabs that I used to use to produce shows, but it's more of a gamer production software. And so I'm not really happy with it. It's very limited in what I can do and it bogs down the system and it runs slow. So I owe you Musk part four, which is where we go further into Neuralink, the brain chip company, and then the investors behind it, all that research I did on the investors connected to the CIA funded hedge fund in QTEL and other hedge funds and venture capitalists involved with artificial intelligence and the replacement of human beings. And so I'm really really, really trying because I have about 45 bookmark websites that are part of that research that I have to show you and I need to be able to play some videos. So I am in the process of trying to get a second screen, which will make it easier for me to produce that even on this rinky dink software. So it won't look as pretty as it usually is, but you will be able to see the articles. And for the people who are on the pain.tv video platform, I want you to be able to see that. So I didn't want to rush and put it out until I could actually do that for you. Now that that's out of the way, let me get back to a little bit of what's going on here in Poland. And so what I learned so far here, there's a few stories that really piqued my interest. One, I was really interested in following back up on this uh, Russia-Ukraine situation. I was waving to uh, my father-in-law. He is out in the driveway with a friend of his. I was going to record with the backdrop of this old um, sort of 1920s, early 1900s house that he bought across the street where he dug a big hole and has a pond that he stocks with fish. But unfortunately, I'm sitting in the garage. I have the door open because there was too much echo in here. So I'm lit well because that's natural light. If I turn around and I have that as the backdrop, 
you can't see me. I'm in silhouette. So I did shoot a lot of video of this, and I'm working on that little mini doc on Poland, which I'll tell you about in a second. So <clears throat> what I was trying to find out was the situation with Russia, Ukraine, and how the people here in Poland uh, look at that situation. And I did get some good intelligence. And then the second thing was the fallout from that, which is the Ukrainian refugees quote-unquote refugees that are pouring into this country, and I did get some really good intelligence on that. Then over the weekend, we went to visit my wife's uncle, her father's uh, brother, and he has a son who is signed up 18-year contract with the military. He's also a medical doctor, and so he gave me a lot of intelligence from sort of the military side of the Russia-Ukraine situation and the Ukrainian refugees. And then yesterday, which was uh, Sunday, we went out to her father's cousin's farm, which is a three-generation-old farm. Uh, My wife's father's cousin runs it. His father owned it. And then the father's parents owned it. And now he's probably about 50 years old and he's working on training his son, who's about 20, to take it over. So it's nice to see it will continue. And so I asked a lot of questions about GMOs, genetically modified, uh, uh, genetically modified foods and such, because there were people such as Maria Albanese, who is the Thomas Paine Podcast Friday co-host, wanted me to find out that information because there was legislation adopted amongst eight or nine of the European Union countries back in 2013 that said they were banning the growing of GMOs. And so sometimes things are more complicated than they appear on paper, or at least on the internet. So between what I researched myself And the information I gathered from this farmer and a couple other farmers I spoke to, I am able to report on that. Again, this is based on what I was able to research on the internet and then what this, particularly this one farmer, her father's cousin, very nice guy. But remember, one, my wife is translating for me. I am learning some Polish, but not enough to have a conversation. And so he gave me a lot of information through my wife. She was sort of, limited because there was a lot of technical terms, agricultural terms that she's not familiar with in Polish. So she had to kind of look things up and break it down for me. And we video recorded all of that. And I will be putting that into this little kind of Poland docu-series. And so we did get a lot of information on that. And then the the third part is sort of a public interest piece, uh, really a personal interest piece for myself. I am starting to explore purchasing uh, 10 acres out in West Virginia, as I've talked about briefly on the show, and I've talked about with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine Podcast and with Maria Albanese, Friday's co-host on the Thomas Paine Podcast. And so I'm also toying with this idea of possibly getting some land here in Poland. Uh, My mother and father-in-law have a number of pieces of land. Some they purchased, some were handed down through the generations. And so I got to see a lot of rural land and what it looks like here. And now starting to figure out cost of living and how far you can stretch the dollar. And there's really, really good opportunities here if you can make U.S. money, if you can work remotely like my wife, or like if I do this uh, podcast full-time and some of the web design contracts that uh, 
I'm involved with. You could live here and you could be very, very, very wealthy. So I will get into more of that in this Poland docu-series that I'll be putting together. But let me cycle back before we get into the content that I'm going to cover today, which is going to be the beginning of a review. It'll probably be five, six, maybe seven parts of a paper that was written in 1995 called Industrial Society and its future. And it's very important that we cover this. I've heard other podcasters mention it. Uh, I've heard people sort of read from it. I've heard some reviews of it, but nothing in depth. And it's a paper that has been on my radar since I was a kid. And so it's, it's something I think that is very important to today. Now, I'm not going to talk about, although many of you may already know, who wrote this paper until we get to the end, because the person who wrote it does not matter. And to be honest with you, and I don't want to sound cryptic, but I have come to possibly believe over the years with all of the research I've done, the content I've listened to, similar to you folks at home, that sometimes things are not as they appear. And so the person may have been framed. Uh, The person who supposedly wrote this may even be fiction. I don't really know. I don't trust anything. If they opened all of the JFK files tomorrow, would you trust that the documents that they're handing us were locked in some lockbox for over 50 years and nobody touched them, altered them? Are we looking at documents that weren't produced yesterday? Are we looking at video that wasn't chopped up? Is it CGI? Who knows? And so, again, the person who wrote this does not matter. The fact is that this message that came out in 1995 sounds like a piece that you or I or Mike or Maria or VM or anybody associated with Pain.TV and the broadcast coming out of this platform could have written yesterday. And so I think it's, and and this supposedly versus uh, when we look at the papers by Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at Google, when we look at documents or speeches or discussions by Yuval Noah Harari, the prophet, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, the right-hand man to Klaus Schwab, when we look at the interviews and the press conferences delivered by people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg, Those are the bad guys trying to push this technology on us. Well, when we look at some of the books and some of the movies like The Matrix or Brave New World or 1984, it's even led to believe that maybe some of that content was propaganda either to to sort of push this technology, to normalize this technology, to normalize the future technocracy that's coming, that that was that was created as a predictive programming and or in some cases possibly this idea that these bad guys have to tell us exactly what they're going to do to us, right? They have to tell us what they're going to do to us to give us the opportunity to revolt against what they're going to do to us. And when we don't revolt, it means their conscience is clear, their karma is is intact. And so this document itself was written 
at least at the time, and as people believe today, by someone who was against this technocracy, like myself, like many of you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume many of you are at least skeptical of this coming technocracy, of this sort of fourth industrial revolution, this era, this bridge to the full technocracy that we find ourselves in today. Because if you were not then you probably wouldn't be listening to me. So this was supposedly written by someone who is like us, who would be considered to be on our side, yet this person pegged today with such such precision, precision that it's frankly unbelievable. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short commercial break and we come back. I'll tell you a little bit more about Poland and then we will get into this document. And again, this is probably going to be a six, seven, eight part series. And also during the next few episodes, while I'm here in Poland, I'm going to get into a company called R. AI Foundation, Artificial Intelligence Foundation, founded by a character named Lars Butler, this shady multi-billionaire. And we are going to talk about the program they're developing called Mind Twins, which is really a bridge to the AI hive mind uploading your consciousness that Elon Musk and Ray Kurzweil talk about. Well, this is a company dedicated to that uploading of your consciousness, developing a artificial intelligence-based twin of yourself. And when you see the people behind that company, again, it's further proof that they're actually doing this and our government is involved. One of the board members of that company is Keith Alexander, the former head of the NSA. The NSA, right, involved with a company building an AI hive mind twinning technology. Hard to believe, but we're going to get into that this week as well. And then before I go to break, I will tell you, I started to put parallels together to the old research I used to do, which was into cultural Marxism. I studied in depth people like Saul Alinsky, who was a radical community organizer, who Obama studied and such. And I found these old documentaries out of Canada that I kept on file of Saul Linsky. And the idea with Alinsky communism, progressivism, is that you keep moving forward and there's never an end goal. So you push your minions to keep moving forward until eventually you destroy and tear down the whole system. And when I look at the technocrats, as their push forward is to evolve humanity, right, the human evolution of humans, as Dennis Bushnell at NASA calls it and Ray Kurzweil and others, that there is no goal in sight. There is no end, and therefore they are going to engineer humans out of existence. And so I'm going to take what the technocrats with their technology are doing and compare that alongside an old-school 60s community organizer like Saul Linsky and show you that the ideology, the ideology behind this progressive mentality ends up in the same place, the destruction of humanity, the eroding of culture, you know, eventually the extinction of humanity, which is the important part. And so it'll be further proof and evidence that we need to show that these people are anti-human. 
if not for ourselves, but others around us we love who we can hopefully get to wake up and realize that we need to either run from this, we need to protect ourselves from this, or whatever it may be that you choose to do. So let's go to a short commercial break. This is Dustin Gold on the Dustin Gold Standard here at Payne.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, we are back. We are back from the break. Back from the break here in Poland. So what I want to do is I'm going to tell you a little bit about this Poland stuff without ruining the surprise, because I don't want to uh, give away everything yet, because uh, as I said earlier, I'm going to be putting it into a little series. I'm going to turn it into a whole episode. Plus, I have a little bit more investigation to do before I'm completely comfortable with locking this down and saying this is the definitive truth. So right now, in full disclosure, remember, I've talked to some people. I've seen some stuff with my eyes. So let's talk about this Russia-Ukraine situation, because I was someone who was always skeptical of it. Folks, I never hung my Ukraine flag in my yard. I never put up my Ukraine emojis on uh, social media. And um, and I never all I never went out and praised Vladimir Putin and said that Russia was the hero in this whole situation. From the very beginning, I said that this is just uh, another concocted psychological warfare operation intended to do exactly what it did, which was to start to drive up prices in the United States, to drive up the price of gasoline and food by creating these fake shortages in the United States and also in other Western countries. And so what I found out so far here in Poland, when you talk to people, now I am in a very rural area. It's about two hours from the Warsaw airport, about two hours from Krakow. And so what I found here is when you ask people from Poland about the Russia-Ukraine war, they say, what war? (laughs) And like almost as a joke, what war? And so I had a very in-depth conversation with a gentleman who is a doctor, just finished six, seven years of medical school, and that in Poland here, he signed a deal with the military. So it's an 18-year contract. Basically, they provide food and housing and pay you and uh, pay for your education. And so he became a medical doctor, and his fiance is also a medical doctor. And what they told me... so. As of right now, he's sort of compared to like a National Guard, like a reserve in the United States. So he has to go work at a military base two to three days a week as a doctor. And then he's allowed to work in a hospital as a doctor. And he was very smart, very intelligent, um, spoke pretty good English. And between my wife helping, we were able to have a really good conversation. And so he said, basically, the general consensus, and let me tell you this, so while this is going on, there was a couple tweets that came out that Maria Albanese, uh, the Friday's co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast, sent me. 
which was basically the United States was rolling tanks into Poland and, and such. And I did not have a chance before I met this kid at dinner to do any research, nor did I know I was going to have the conversation. And so I pulled that up and was talking to him about it. And he said, yeah, Poland basically signed an arms treaty with the United States was selling them a bunch of weapons. And he said, so what happens over here on the Polish side um, is that the generals will put the orders down to the military, very similar to in uh, the United States in our country. And so they tell them to keep your mouth shut, not to mention it. Uh, Do not talk about this publicly. Do not tell anyone about it. And he said, meanwhile, the generals go on TV and they blab and they talk all about exactly what they were just told they could not speak about. So very similar, very similar to our uh, country. And so he said that the way that the military boots on the ground, and remember, I mean, in full disclosure, again, this is one person's opinion. So now as I meet more people that serve, I'm able to go down a line of questioning quicker and try to get more uh, opinions on this. But he said the consensus is that the United States and Russia are actually partnered, and they play these games. And the games are then to draw everyone else in and force all these other countries into it, like Poland. If you remember a couple of months ago, Biden came here and basically strong-armed Poland and pushed them into a situation where then Putin was going to cut off their gasoline, and their gas prices went way up. So it did what was intended. Also, when you talk to people here, same as the United States, food prices and everything jumped dramatically over the last few months. And so they feel the pain as we do. And so what he said is that they just believe like Russia and the United States are partners. They create controversy and chaos, and then it forces all these other countries into the situation. And I said, well, what do you think of it? And he said, well, I don't really have an opinion because... You know, the truth is we're the little guy and the little guy doesn't have any power. So we just have to do what we're told. And I said, do you mean that as far as the rank and file boots on the ground or the country of Poland? And he said both boots on the ground. We follow orders from our bosses and our bosses follow orders from what they're told by the United States. So that's just his opinion. Um, He he seemed to really be... um, he was very educated and knowledgeable on the topic and had more information than what we get on the news from uh, our country, which, you know, is something that's, that's normal and is expected. So the other part is my wife and I stayed at a little motel. It's equivalent to, um, first off, Poland here is like being stuck 40 years ago in the U.S. It's back to the 1980s. Not a lot of credit cards, not a lot of plastic. People use cash. Um, Even the cities, they're not big. Uh, Her aunt owns a little baby store that sells baby clothes and games. I mean, you rarely see that kind of stuff in the United States anymore. Uh, And even the big, you know, Babies R Us and others close down because Amazon's taking them over. So it's like 1980s here. Uh, And we'll get more into that when I do the little mini doc piece. But... What he was telling me, um, oh, so what happened was we went, my wife and I, before I get back to that, my wife and I went and we stayed at this, everybody stayed at her uncle's and it was too crowded, she's pregnant, and so we rented a little room at this kind of Motel 6's type thing run by an old Polish lady, Uh, and so we go in there and then there's all these little kids running around, I shot some video of this, and there's a little tent set up 
in the hallway and they're staying in the tents. And my wife said, oh, those are the Ukrainian uh, refugees. And I said, no way, really? So I, I shot a little bit of video of it. And a friend of mine from high school, I found out on Facebook, is actually in Krakow, Poland right now. And he's supposedly working for a group that's helping usher in all these Ukrainian refugee children and they're housing them in hostels and hotels. So I had done a bunch of research online and there's money flowing here from the government, from NGOs. This is the same thing they did to our country with Mexicans and South Americans, but over the last 30 years, they just pulled it off in the last three to six months. And so what uh, I found out was the number we were hearing in the U.S., like two, two and a half million, they're actually talking about roughly five million Ukrainian refugees dumped into this country over the last few months. Well, they only have a population of 19 million. When we take in between 11 and 33 million illegal aliens, you know, and or uh, refugees, we're putting them into a population of 350 million, and that hurts. Well, this is 5 million being dumped into 19 million. That's 25% of their population now coming in. And these people, just like the Mexicans and South Americans in the United States, are being told not to assimilate. They don't have to learn the language. Now, something my wife noticed and her mother, who works in government, noticed almost immediately. Remember overnight with COVID land, all of a sudden these stores had uh, the uh, markers on the ground and they had plexiglass go up and they had sneeze guards and all kinds of promotional stuff and signage. We will save each other. Do not breathe. Do not breathe. You're saving grandma. Well, here, all of a sudden overnight, all of the government literature, the government signs, the banking literature, the banking marketing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a big thing here, too, like uh, monthly phone cards. So I had to get a SIM card for my phone because I didn't want to pay AT&T a ton of money to have my phone work over here. So I got a SIM card. And now those SIM card marketing, all in Polish and Ukrainian. So you're seeing Ukrainian writing on everything. It popped up literally overnight. All these companies had the marketing ready to go. So as you know, just like in the United States, it's completely organized. Back 20, 25 years ago when the South American Mexican illegal immigration issue in the United States started heavily, it was like Bank of America one week, Chase Bank the next week, Wells Fargo the next week would start printing everything in Spanish. Well, now you're seeing that right here. In Poland, even when you come out to this rural area where my wife's family lives, when you go into the city, which is about 15 minutes away, you see this all over the mall. It's all over everything. So now the Ukrainian writing is everywhere. So I've documented uh, that as well. And then I did some research and found out they're pumping all kinds of money into this. They're paying the hotels. They're paying the hostels. They're paying families to take all these refugees in. So they start spreading the blood money, the greed money to everyone. And people go, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, you know, half the people are just compassionate. And so they think it's a problem. The other half are skeptical, but they'll take the money. And now slowly what's happening is the government is cutting off the money. So now you're going to have 5 million homeless people spread out all over Poland. And no one will know what to do with them, similar to our tent cities that are in every major city in the United States, because we're importing all of these poor people from countries in which we went and destabilized. Same situation that's happening with Russia-Ukraine war. It is orchestrated destabilization, pushing these people out of their homes. It's horrible for them, too, right into this country to come and destroy 
Polish culture. So that's something that I will be covering in this mini documentary. And then the third piece is really just how nice Poland is, the cost of living here in Poland. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump to a quick commercial break. We do have to stick to the commercial breaks the same way, even though we're in Poland. And when I come back, we are going to talk about Poland as a possible place to live. And then we are going to get into this paper, Industrial Society and its Future. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 